Welcome to the Grace Church Podcast. Wherever you find yourself today, you belong here. And we hope that this word uplifts and inspires you in your daily life. Here's this week's message. Hey, Grace Church. Happy Snow Day. I hope you're having a great weekend. And so I want to say thank you for letting us be part of your weekend. Hey, I know it's a bit unusual today to not have our amazing worship team lead us into a time of worship before the, today's sermon, but I think you understand the decision that we made to have our Sunday teams stay home today so they don't have to travel through the snow and ice uh, today, and, uh, and so I, it's a little different, but here's the deal. Here's what I want you to do. After today's service, why don't you get your favorite worship playlist and, uh, and, and spend some time today, like find a quiet place, put on some headphones, or even have the atmosphere in your house be a worshipful one. So listen to some worship music. My hope is that today's sermon will inspire you to do so. So uh, it's a great time to be together. Uh, Today is the uh, first uh, sermon in a series that I'm so excited to unpack. We are going to unpack one of the most famous passages of Old Testament scripture, and that's Psalms 23. Psalms 23. Many of you guys uh, know this. You're very familiar with the Psalms, whether you've opened the Bible before or never opened the Bible. I'm sure you've heard this before. I'm sure you've heard verses of this reference in movies or TV shows, or maybe walked into somebody's house and seen this whole Psalm on somebody's wall. Now, these words, there's something about them. They're so comforting. I'm sure when you watch the intro video and listen to it, I'm sure that there was some parts of it that just resonated with your soul. For a believer, there's something in there that just grabs us. It's this assurance of of the Lord being our shepherd, the Lord leading us through our lives. And that's what I love about this passage. But sometimes what happens is when a passage becomes so familiar to us, um, we start to uh, disconnect with it in a way where it just becomes beautiful words. It becomes a, a, a poem, a hymn, and not really a life message. And so my hope is that we take the next few, few weeks and we unpack this and find that there is power in the Psalms. Because I believe that there is more to the Psalms than just beautiful words and, and, and poetic language. I, I think there's power in it. Because I believe this, I believe that Psalms 23 is an accurate description of the kind of life that is available to us when we make the Lord our shepherd. Now, like I said, I want to take time uh, to, to go through this, this beautiful psalm verse by verse. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to go through that. And I just guarantee that if you stick with us, if you, if you walk this journey with us, you're going to memorize this psalm. And I think there's something powerful when we take God's word and we put it into our heart, when we memorize scripture and it's in our minds and our hearts, because what happens is that it becomes an anchor to our soul. And I can't think of a better passage of scripture that we can anchor our lives to than Psalms 23. So I'm glad you're tuning in. I'm glad you're part of this journey with us here at Grace Church. Hey, if it's your first time tuning in, thank you. Welcome home. I hope that you continue to tune in. If you're part of our Grace Church community, thank you for bringing us in to your Sunday experience. Now, here's the thing about this uh, this series. Uh, If you want to know what the big idea is, if you're taking notes, I want you to to write this down because this is the whole, uh, it boils down to this. This is the whole message of Psalms 23, is that we want you to experience an outer stability that could only come from an inner tranquility. Now, I know you might think, oh, he's just trying to be clever with words. No, I'm trying to give you a message today to say that God wants us to have a stable footing in our life. 
He doesn't want us to be shaken and, and, and rocked by trials and, and, and tribulation and, and hardships in this life that, that makes us toss from right to left, but he wants us to have good footing. He wants us to walk the path that he has carved for us, and sometimes that's a narrow path. Sometimes it's a treacherous way, but he is leading us, and so we need to have that stability. And I believe God's word gives us that stability. It gives us that traction. I believe that. But the only way that we could have that inner peace is through the Lord, through his guidance. So before we jump into Psalms 23 and start to unpack it, I do got to say this, and I'm continuing to say this throughout this series, is that this is a familiar scripture. I get it. But there's a saying that I heard before that says, familiarity breeds contempt and neglect. See, Psalms can be so familiar to us. We can take bits and pieces of the Bible and they can become so familiar that we kind of dismiss things as like a Christian cliche. And, and I want you to know that God's word is living and active. In fact, this week, um, I got my staff together and we did a Devo on this particular passage. And let me tell you, these people have been in church for a while and, and they've read this before. They've heard it preached before. But what was so cool is that when we came together and we started to read through these words and we started to dig into God's word, fresh insights started to come. And we all shared what we got out of this scripture. And it was so cool to hear these fresh revelations, fresh insights. I believe that if you come in today without posture and say, God, give me something fresh. See, I say this, God's word, it, it's, like, it's like mining for gold. And the more that you dig into it, the more you pull out nuggets of wisdom from God's word. I think there's a fresh revelation for you today. There's a fresh revelation for me today. But in order for us to receive all that God has, we got to let our hearts be ready to receive it. So let's do that. Let's start with prayer and asking God, say, God, give me that heart to receive your holy and sacred word. Give me a fresh revelation. If you want that, then join me in this prayer. Father, we thank you that we can come together, that we can hear your word, we can take your word, that we can plant your word in our hearts, Lord. Lord, this is a powerful verse powerful scripture, Lord. We pray, God, that that power in it, God, will bring life to ourselves, Lord. It will bring life to our soul. And we pray that. We ask, Lord God, to let our hearts be listening to what your spirit is saying to us. In Jesus' name, everybody says, amen. amen. Hey, I miss hearing you say amen. Type it in the chat. Uh, let me know that you're with us. But amen says, I agree. I'm with you. So uh, Psalms 23. So here's the thing about Psalms. Like all, a lot of Psalms, it was written by King David. Actually, there's 150 psalms. He wrote 75 of them. So this is one of his psalms. Now, theologians believe that, that David, he wrote this psalms um, towards the middle of his reign. Now, if you know anything about the life of David, you know that in this season of his life, man, he's gone through some stuff. He's gone through life. He's gone through some ups and some downs, some twists and some turns. But what I love about this psalm is that in the essence of it, it says that through it all, he knew that God was with him, that God was leading his life. Well, this morning, I'm going to read this psalm in a, in a translation that I don't really read often. It's called the New King James Version. The New, this is a little bit old school today. Um, so we're going to do this because this is how I first heard this psalm. My grandma, she used to recite this psalm to us daily. And, uh, and so it's kind of near and dear to my heart. And so I'm going to read it in the way, in the translation that I remember first hearing it as a kid. So here we are. Psalms 23, starting in verse 1, it says this. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. 
Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, I tend to think that this psalm is a little bit incomplete because I think it should, it should end with an amen, right? An amen, like I agree. I want to be part of that blessing. Man, what a beautiful psalm. I mean, what beautiful words uh, that this, this psalm is, is, is sharing with us. Now, this week, we're going we're gonna to break it down, and we're starting with verse 1. So week 1, verse 1. And I love how it begins. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, I think we need to pause for a moment and stop right there and meditate on what is the meaning of this. See, what we may not understand, in our English translation, it says the Lord. And I don't know what you think of if you think of God or, or you think of ruler. But let me tell you, in the original language, it was written in Hebrew. And in the original Hebrew language that this was written in, uh, it was you know, one word. And that one word was Yahweh. Yahweh. Now, that might not mean much to you, but let me break it down to you. That word Yahweh, that name of God, was a sacred name to the Jewish people. See, it was the name that God gave himself. When you heard Yahweh, you thought about the all-powerful creator God. Uh, You know, what makes this unique, though, is that this was actually God's covenant name. This was the name that God gave to Abraham when he made a covenant with Abraham and his descendants. This was the name. See, a better translation of this is um, I am. I am Yahweh. And we were familiar with that name when he came to Moses and God called Moses from the burning bush moment. Do you remember that? And and he goes to Moses and, and Moses asks him, he says, by what authority do I go to Pharaoh with? He says, when I go to the people of Israel and I tell them who sent me, who do I say sent me? And God says, I am. In other words, he says, uh, he says, Yahweh, Yahweh is with you. So you can imagine that this is a big statement here that, that, that David is starting the Psalms with. When they said this, and the people held it so sacred, so sacred that they would never say this name out loud. They would whisper it because they had so much reverence and awe. And I believe that that's the way we need to read this psalm. At the very beginning, we need to remember he is Yahweh. He's the great I am. He's the one who is creator of all things. He's the all-powerful one, self-sufficient one. So when we open up this psalm, it begins with acknowledging that he is the great I am. He is Yahweh God. And so this is a big statement, and it's intentional here with David. So he writes these words, and he says, Yahweh is my shepherd. Now, I think sometimes we, we move past that so quickly, right? Because we know this, we're familiar with this passage, and, and we want to get to the interesting parts, like the greener pastures or, or the part that says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I mean, that sounds way more interesting to us, but we need to pause for a moment because what David is doing here is that he's starting with, with Yahweh. He's starting with God, my Lord, my King, the great I am, and he's saying that he's my shepherd. And when I look at the Psalms, I see that that is the big statement. That's the big idea. Everything he says after that is is predicated on that one statement, Yahweh. And that's how he starts. That's where he begins. And he says, Yahweh is my shepherd. Now, 
if you've read through the Bible, you've glanced through it, through the old and the new, you know that shepherds are referenced very, uh, very often in Scripture. And I think that's interesting because when you think about the position of a shepherd, right, um, if you know any history, you know that it was a very lowly position. So I think it's interesting that David, he brings up this, the God's highest name, and he, just, and, and, and he also connects it to a lowly position. He describes God as a shepherd. Why a shepherd? Have you ever wondered why a shepherd? I mean, out of all occupations, all positions, all roles, all jobs, he, he, he describes Yahweh as a shepherd. He compares God Almighty to a shepherd. I don't know. If you didn't know the Bible much, you would be like, I don't know if that sounds like a compliment or an insult to God. Well, obviously to David, it was the highest of compliments. It was a source of comfort to him. Why? Because David used to be a shepherd. David grew up as a shepherd. He knew the ins and outs of what it was like to be a shepherd. So when he thought about who the Lord was to his life and how the Lord has guided him, the thing that he thought of the most is he says, the Lord is my shepherd because I know what a shepherd does. And what I love about this is that he, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I mean, this is deeply personal to him. Because see, he knew and understood the significance of what the relationship is between a shepherd and his flock. Let me tell you, we're going to talk about this today. One of the main jobs for a shepherd is to provide uh, provision and protection for the flock. Here, here's the truth about all of us, okay? We're all following this camp. All of us have a shepherd in our lives. Here, here's a better way to say it. All of us have something in our life that we look to to provide for us and to provide protection for us. We can all fill in that blank with something in our life. And let me tell you, your life will tell you out. Your lifestyle will show what are you looking to for your protection? What are you looking for for your provision? It's there. Your life is showing it, right? And so um, uh, you fill in that blank. What, what, is, what, what is filling that spot in your life? You know, if I was to ask people and they were to be honest with me, there's some people that would say, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's money or it's a job. Maybe it's a person or a people group, you know, and, and it could go beyond that. It could be feelings, it could be desires, it could be appetites. Uh, some people, it's power and influence. That's their shepherd. That's the thing that's leading their life. That's the thing they're looking to for fulfillment and satisfaction. So the big question, the first question that I want to ask you this morning is, what is your shepherd? What is leading your life? What, what is giving you the sense of provision and the sense of protection? What is that? Here's another way to assess it. Uh, what am I building my life upon? Because what you build your life upon is what will become your shepherd. So what are you building your life on? Well, let me tell you what a good shepherd does. Let me tell you the importance of a shepherd. See, like I said, a shepherd, it leads our life. It, it provides and it protects so whatever you fill in the blank, here's what you are expressing. This is the desire of your heart. This is why you place that thing or that person or, or that idea in the spot of a good shepherd. See, you're expecting it to lead your life to a perfect place. You are uh, hoping that it will provide all your needs and you're hoping that it will protect you from all harm. That's why you pursue it. That's why you focus on it. Um, but it's only when we start out this sentence like David started that we could end the sentence like David ended it where he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Wow. 
For only God could be the one that could sustain the weight of your life. Only Yahweh is capable of being the foundation which you put your life on. Only him. See, if I put my money in that blank, if I put money and riches and wealth in that and I make that my shepherd, the problem is that money can get lost, can't it? Money, money can be taken. Money could be spent and gone. And jobs and careers, I mean, they can change. I mean, uh, the economy can crash. I mean, your GameStop stock can, can go back down to reality, right? If anything that 2020 has taught us is that, is that life can change in a matter of weeks. What happens when your life gets shaken to the core? What, what happens when your life gets turned upside down? It's in those moments that you realize and recognize what you're building your life on. It's in that time where you realize, what is my shepherd? Who is my shepherd? It's in those times. And my hope is that you can declare, like David declared, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. Yahweh, the great I am, he's my shepherd. And I shall not want. You know, it could be relationships. It could be a person, you know. And I would say this. You should build your life with relationships, but you cannot build your life upon relationships. Why? Because we're messy, right? We mess things up. We let people down. We, we fail people at sometimes, right? And, and, and what happens is, is that only Jesus is the only one that can live up to the expectations that he says that I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we build our lives upon him. That's why Jesus was able, when he described himself, when he described what his relationship would be like for all those that put their trust in him, in John 10, he brings this analogy into the New Testament, into our lives today as New Testament believers. And in John 10, you know, after he says that he came to give, to give us an abundant life, he goes on to say this. He says, I am Yahweh. I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd, it lays down his life for his sheep. See, to experience the inner tranquility that comes and results into an outer stability, then we have to make Jesus our shepherd. That's what he is inviting you into. That's what this is all about. So today, as we unpack verse 1 in Psalms 23, which I'm just so excited. Yeah, sure, you could tell. I'm just, uh, this is uh, powerful. This has gotten me through so many things in my life, and I hope that it helps somebody today. But Psalms 23, I want to give you three benefits of making Jesus your shepherd, three benefits that you would receive when you place Jesus in that blank. And I hope that everyone gets to do that today. Number one is identity. Identity. You know what's interesting is every time I read this psalm, Psalm 23, um, I, I just imagine uh, a, sh- a sheep, right? I just imagine a picture of a sheep. Now, the Bible has 400 mentions of sheep, but not one of them is found in this passage. Isn't that interesting? Not a single sheep is mentioned in this verse, yet when all of us read this, we're probably thinking of a sheep, right? Why is that? I think it's just the human nature, right? When we read something, we, we, we want to put ourselves in the narrative. And I think that that's what David's intention is, is that when he would talk about the shepherd, uh, we automatically want to find out what is our relationship. Where do I find myself in that story, in that relationship? And so when we read it, we recognize that if he's a shepherd, I want to be a sheep. I want to be a sheep. It doesn't sound like a kid's song, right? I want to be a sheep. But it's important that we understand that because in that, we find our identity. We find the security of our identity because it begins with being secure in knowing who he is. When we understand who he is, we discover who we are. See, when we know who he is, we will discover who we are. When we know him 
as a shepherd, then we will know more about ourselves. That's a beautiful thing about God because there's a unique relationship between a shepherd and his flock, a shepherd and his sheep. See, if I'm simply trying to build my life and, 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 and pursue my own identity by looking within, by looking at my own stuff, by looking in my own heart and chasing after that, here's what the Bible says. It says that the heart is deceitful. That if we seek our own desire and we look within, we will fall astray. We will be led astray. Why? Because Jeremiah 17, 9 says this. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and cannot be cured. He says, who can understand this? Who knows the heart of man? Who knows your heart and my heart? Only God. Only God really knows us. Only God really knows how we're wired, how we were created, because he made us. He created us. And he knows us better than we know ourselves. Can we trust that, that the good shepherd knows us better than we know ourselves? And when we grow in relationship with him, the amazing thing happens is that we start to discover who we really are, what we were made for, who we were created to be. That's the relationship that God can bring into your life. So the goal is not to find out more about yourself, the goal is to find out more about the shepherd, the shepherd that you placed your life to. And he came to give us that place of identity. And when we want to find out, we search the good shepherd. Now, the second thing, the second benefit of this is ownership. Ownership. See, the shepherd is not the leader of the sheep. Of the sheep. It is, he is the owner of the sheep. That's why Jesus continues to say in John 10, he says this, he says in verse 12, he says, the hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. But Jesus says, but I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. There's a difference between a hired hand and an owner. And Jesus says, no, my sheep, I, they're mine. They're mine. See, here's the thing about sheep. Sheep is an object of property, isn't it? I mean, you cannot just go find sheep in the wild. No. If you want sheep, what do you have to do? You have to go and purchase sheep. You have to buy sheep. And that means that the person who wants to buy them has value in that sheep, cherishes that sheep. And so, see, this is what Jesus is saying. He says, when I make Jesus our shepherd, it means that we belong to him, that he purchased us with his own blood. Here's another psalm that illustrates this point. It's Psalms 103, or 100, verse 3. It says, Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people. Listen to the way it describes the sheep of his pasture. So not only did God create us, not only did God make us, but through Jesus, he paid the redemptive price to bring us back into his flock. Isn't that the good news? I mean, I mean, why? You might be wondering, why is this so beneficial? Well, here's the thing. Because if you belong to him, then that means that you belong with him always. I love that. That's, some, that, 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 that's a tone of comfort for me. Like, like when I hear that, that brings security to my soul to know that if he bought me, if he purchased me, then I belong with him forever, forever. You know, one of the biggest needs of the human soul is to belong to be accepted, to be welcomed. You know, think about in your life, how many stupid things did we do just to fit in? And it was just this sense of belonging that we all have. 
Let me flip it the other way. Uh, what was it like for you? Have you ever felt unwanted or rejected? What did that do for your soul? You know, I think the world is full of environments like that. You know, I think that everybody deep inside has a need to be needed. They have a need to be known. They have a need to be wanted. They have the need to be welcomed. And what I'm so thankful is that we get to carry on that as God's church, as Jesus is, is bride, is that, is that we want to reach people. We want to love people. We want to say, you belong here. You, you're part of this. And that's the most compelling thing about the gospel is that God wanted you and he thought you were worth enough for him to purchase you by the giving of his only begotten son, that Jesus came and he purchased you with his blood, the redemptive price that God wanted you. He chased after you. He pursued you. Come on, somebody. He wanted you that much. He thought you were worth that much to give his all for you so that you could belong, that he would, he would own you and you would be his. Something amazing and comforting about that. You know, God's never going to tell you, I got no time for you. God's never going to, when you seek him and pursue him and you make him your shepherd, he's never going to tell you, hey, today's not the day. Uh, I'll put you on my calendar. No, God's going to welcome you. He's going to embrace you because you are his and he is yours. Ownership. What a benefit is that in our lives? See, when God is our shepherd, we have a place to belong. That's why here at Grace Church we say you belong here, you belong with us, because we're echoing what he's done for us into your life. So if you don't have a home church, let me tell you, you belong with us, right? We got a place for you. You come and join us because we are part of the message of the gospel that says that all are welcome. He's embracing everyone, right? Giving us all the redemptive uh, power to come in and let us uh, know him for who he is and, and, and wash us clean and forgive us of our sins and live this new abundant life. I love that. Well, the three benefits, right? We know that we are secure in our identity. We know that in ownership means that we always have a place to belong. And lastly, it's contentment. This is the part of the verse that brings the most tension. I, I believe so. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. And then he says, I shall not want. Notice what David said, because he picked his words wisely here. He, he says, the Lord is my shepherd, so, uh, so I shall not want. He doesn't say, I have all I want. He, he doesn't say, everything I have is what I wanted. No, he doesn't say that. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In other words, he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I have what I need. See, what you need to understand is that the shepherd provides endless care and, uh, for their sheep. Uh, a shepherd knows his flock, and a good shepherd, Jesus says, knows his sheep. A good shepherd, Jesus says, is one that can look at, at the 99 and notice that there's one missing. That's the good shepherd. Now, I understand for some of you, um, you, you, can, you can have a hard time with this verse. You can, you can have a, a difficult time trying to wrap your head around this and say, you know, I don't understand that. How can, it, how can I be in a place where I, I don't have any wants? Is that even possible to be in a place where I have no wants? I mean, I've been praying for this thing for, for years and it has not come to pass. Or maybe you're on the other side and you're thinking, you know, I have stuff that I don't want. <laughs> what do I do with that? How do I connect with this verse? How do I hold on to this hope? Well, I want to first say this, because I want to unpack those two things, but, but I want to say this. I, I don't want to minimize your pain. I mean, pain is real. 
And I want to say that I cannot speak for God on any specific thing happening in your life or a specific situation. What I can do, though, is bring God's word and glean some wisdom on, on what we do when we don't understand God's ways and when we don't understand God's timing. I, I think there, there's something in there. But this is what I want to tell you today. Sometimes there are things that we, that, that, that are, that um, sometimes there are things that we are meant to have, but we're not ready for yet. Let me say that one more time so I don't mess this up. Sometimes there are things that we are meant to have that we are not ready for yet. Now, you might be familiar with uh, this, this story that Jesus gave. Uh, it's called the, the prodigal son. And, um, and I want to tell you that the son's problem wasn't that uh, he wanted something he wasn't supposed to have. Because that inheritance, that was his. That was marked for him. Every penny he was going to receive someday. When the father thought it was right for him to have. The problem was is that he was impatient with it. The problem was that he, took, he, he, he got it too early. He wasn't patient. And that meant he wasn't ready for it. And what did he do when he had it? He spent it recklessly. See, there are some things that you want that God also wants for you, but in his timing. See, sometimes you want things that God has placed in your heart, and there's a due season ahead of you for that moment. We know God is a good father who knows how to give good gifts to his children. But the problem is sometimes we become antsy and impatient for that timing. See, God might not be saying no. He just might be saying not yet. But we have a hard time hearing that, and so we become impatient. See, something that I learned in life is this, is that a blessing can become a burden when it's out of season. You've heard me say this before many times as I preach. I say the right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing, right? Man, I'll tell you, I have regrets and scars when I chose not to wait on the Lord's timing. So I can tell you as a fact that that's true. Now, there might be some things that you're just not ready for. And if you had it now, if God answered that prayer today, then it might ruin your future. If you don't have it right now, it only means that it's, it's not where God has placed you yet. It's not what God has yet for you, but the good shepherd is leading you towards that direction. Will you trust in him? Will you be patient in his timing? That's what David had to learn. And you have to have peace in knowing that the good shepherd knows me and the good shepherd knows the right time. So I'm gonna trust in him. See, the sheep, the shepherd knows the time, the right time. He will provide everything that you need when you need it. That's what we do. When we say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I want to tell you that when you say that, when you read this, when you read this, and you want to have faith in it, and you want to apply it to your life, what you're doing there, my friends, is you're doing two things. You're making a declaration, and you're making a decision. That's what it's going to take for this verse to become alive in your soul. What is the declaration? The declaration is this. The Lord is my shepherd, so all my needs are supplied by him. You have to declare that by faith. Sometimes you might not feel that. Sometimes you might not see that. But in faith, you're declaring that God will supply your needs. But then you also have to make a decision. What's the decision? The decision is that I have decided not to desire more than what the Lord has given me now in this moment. Because I trust the good shepherd and I trust his timing. Now, if we were to sit across the table today and have some really good coffee and, and talk about life, and I got to hear your story, 
I bet there would be some moments where you would share with me, like, there's just some things in my life, Pastor Omar, that I, I don't want, that I've been carrying, that I've been walking through, and I, I don't want that right now. I, that's not what I want, and I'm struggling. I want to talk to you today. As lovingly as possible, I want to tell you that if there's something in your life that feels like that, it, it may be possible that God is wanting to take that thing and God is going to take it and he's going to redeem it and he's going to bring something beautiful out of that because we serve a God that can make beauty from ashes. We, we serve a God that can redeem anything in our life. Now, don't get me wrong. God is not the cause of that grief. God is not the cause of that hurt and that pain. No, that happens because we live in a broken and fallen world. And there's an enemy out there. And he's the cause of, of, of the evil in this world. But the awesome thing about our God is that our God is big enough. Our God is awesome. Yahweh, the great I am, he is on your side. He is for you. He wants to work this out. And he is so amazing so full of love that he can take the most horrible thing in your life and he can turn it around for his glory and for your good. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that David knew. That's the God that starts this psalm, Yahweh, the great I am. And he says that the God, that God is my shepherd. And he says, I have no want because I have everything I need in him. Can you say that today? You know, the, the, the rest of the psalm, it's going to illustrate this point even more. So stick with us, man. This is just verse one, week one. We're going to be studying this out. But do you know, I want to close with this. Do you know that this psalm would have never existed if David gotten what he wanted at that time? Here, here's what I mean by that. Here's the thing about David, if you know about David. See, when David was a boy, he wanted to be a soldier, not a shepherd. He wanted to be out in the battlefield where the glory was, where his brothers were. But where was he? He was out in the grazing field with a bunch of sheep. And it was his dad who kept him in the fields as a shepherd. David knew in his heart he was destined for more. He knew he was destined to be so much more, but it wasn't his time yet. Now someday, he would become that great warrior. Someday he would be that great king and he would do great things. But it wasn't the timing yet. Even after he was anointed king, he was sent back out to be a shepherd. He didn't understand. I mean, his brothers were out there fighting battles and coming back with stories about the glory of being a victor. Yet David was sent out to do a job that nobody wanted. You know, the Bible, it describes David as a man after God's own heart. Now, now that could mean a lot of things. There could be a lot of reasons why the Bible said that. But, you know, one was that he was a, a true worshiper. I mean, like I said, he, he wrote a lot of these hymns and these poems, these beautiful songs to God. So he was a great worshiper. We know he was a great warrior. We know he was a great king. He united the tribes and became a nation, powerful one. But what I think was what made him a, God, a man after God's own heart was that he was able to submit the leading of the good shepherd in his life. Even when he didn't understand, even when he received something that he didn't want, but he knew this. He knew this. He trusted the Lord as the shepherd of his life. 
that's what I think made him a man after God's own heart. He knew who he was leading him. It was the great shepherd, God himself, Yahweh. That was his shepherd. And he was able to say this with all of his heart as he's writing down the Psalms. He says, I shall not want because he is all that I need. Now I want to tell you this morning, can you say that? Can you really say that? Whether you're saying it in faith or you're saying it with a reality in your life, a testimony in your soul that is shaking your bones today when you say, the Lord is all that I need, that in him is everything to sustain me, to keep me, and to give me the peace and tranquility, even though the world is going crazy, the world is unstable, but I have something in my soul that is, that is stronger, and it's the rock that I put my life upon, that Jesus is my shepherd, and he was leading me through this life. Can you say that today? If you can't say that, I want to invite you to know this shepherd. His name is Jesus Christ. In 2,000 years, he lived a life that we couldn't live. He died the death we should have died. And he came back to life and gave us a resurrection to show the proof that what he did was completed and done. That he purchased us with his blood, that we could become part of his flock, part of his sheep, that we have a place to belong forever and ever. Amen. That's the gospel truth. That's the beginning of this psalm is to have that understanding. You can't go any further without going with the very beginning. And I think that's David's point. So what are the benefits of letting the Lord be your shepherd? Well, David experienced this way. He knew his identity. He knew who he was, and that never changed through any circumstances in life. Some of us need that right now. We're getting all these voices telling us who we should be. We think, who am I? Well, you're going to be securing your identity when you pursue him, when you put him as the shepherd of your life. He will lead you to discover who you're meant to be, who you were created to be. How about ownership? Not just knowing who you are, but knowing whose you are. Come on, there's some power in that. Knowing that you belong to him, you belong with him. And in contentment, he knew that God would provide what he needed. Here's the catch, when you needed it. Sometimes we want it all now. God says, no, will you trust me for your daily bread? Will you trust me every day? Will you trust me with your life? Will you trust me even when you don't feel it? Will you trust me because I will give you what you need when you need it? I love serving a God like that. See, David had moments where he had to deal with things that he didn't want to do, but he stayed faithful. He stayed faithful to God. He trusted him because he knew that he made the choice to make God his shepherd. You know, what's amazing to me is that if he, wouldn't, if he wasn't going to walk this path, if he didn't have this experience, if he didn't trust God in the hard times, he would have never written this beautiful psalm that thousands of years have comforted and, and, and blessed thousands of people, probably millions of people who read this verse. It didn't happen on the battlefield. It happened out in the shepherd's field. And that's when God started to form him and shape him and teach him these lessons and that's what makes this psalm so powerful. Imagine what God can do in your life. Imagine what God can do with your story. In closing, I want to I leave you with one question. One question for you to reflect on and respond to right now. What part of your story do you despise today that the world will be thankful for tomorrow? In other words, where is your testimony What's the thing today? Will you trust the Lord with that today? Will you let him lead your life? Because he can take that story. It's not over, friends. He's got so much on the other end. He wants to redeem you. He wants to heal you. And he wants the people to know that, that, that you could stand like David stood 
and said, the Lord is my shepherd. He got me through. He got me through. So if that's you today, I want to pray for you. Maybe let's start with healing. For the rest of us, let's, let's think about that. Say, God, you are my shepherd. Are you leading my life? And maybe that's our reflection moment today. Let me pray for you guys. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to connect. We thank you for this opportunity to not only connect with your body, but connect with you, Lord. And I believe right now, Holy Spirit, you are moving in the lives and the hearts of people watching today, listening today. God, your word does not return back void, God. And when I said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, God. I know that that stirred something up in people's hearts. And I pray, God, that you show them what that means to them today, specifically where they're at, that you are not a God who leaves us nor forsake us. You're a God who pursues us. You're a God who goes through great lengths to find us, rescue us, and redeem us in the life that we're meant to live. So I pray if anybody needs healing in that, if they got hurt in that, let them put it in your hands today because nothing in your hands is ever wasted. Not any experience, not any heart, Lord, not any life. And so I pray, God, that you bless your people today. Show us how to live this victorious life that you promised us through you, Jesus Christ. We love you, God, in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen, amen. Well, it's been so fun uh, to connect with you today. I hope you were blessed with God's word. Remember, we're just getting started. This is week one, verse one. There's, there's more to come. So I hope you stay connected. I hope you stay tuned. Uh, man, stay safe out there. Uh, I know we got a lot more snow today. Uh, have fun. Enjoy it. Um, it it's probably not going to stick around long, but God bless you guys. Hey, do me a favor. Take a picture of a snowman or what you're doing outside or what your house looks like. I love seeing dogs in the snow. So take pictures of that. Send it. Post it. Uh, let's, let's just have fun today. God bless you guys. Love you guys. Remember, next week we're jumping to two services. We're opening up our kids' department. I'm so excited. God bless you. See you next week.